would, if you would, come on, let's stand. We're going to read our scriptures. We're going to pray. And then we're going to go ahead and hear from the Lord on today. Amen. So let's pray. Matter of fact, let's go ahead and go to our scriptures. We're going to read from Mark, the 10th chapter, beginning at the 17th verse. All right? My well, man, it's good to see you. I see you back in school, bro. It's good to see you, man. Welcome back. All right? And then also, uh, y'all wave with my man, Cody McDonald over here, Sergeant McDonald, went all the way to Thailand and came back and everything like that. So he's been missing for about five, six weeks, man. It's really good to see you as well. All right? So let's do it. Um, so in Mark's gospel here, he tells his story of a rich young ruler. And he begins by saying, and he was setting out on a journey, and a man ran up. Jesus was setting out on a journey. A man runs up and to before him and asks him, says, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Keep going. All right. And then he says, why did you call me good? Jesus asked him. He said, no one is good except God alone. And he says, you know the commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Don't steal. Don't bear false witness. Don't defraud people. Honor your mother and your father. Or your father and your mother. And he said to him, this is why. Watch what he says. Teacher, I have done all of these even from my youth. Keep going. He says, looking at him, Jesus loved him and said to him, you lack one thing. How many things? One thing, he says, go and sell all that you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and then come and follow me. But he was dismayed by this demand and he went away grieving because he had many possessions. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard is it for those who have wealth to enter into the kingdom of God? And the disciples were astonished at his words, and Jesus said to them, children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. He says, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle. Think about that. Easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. And they were even more astonished, saying to one another, then who can be saved? Who can be saved? And looking at them, Jesus said, with man, it is impossible, but not with God, because all things are possible with God. And Peter began to look at him and said, look, we have left everything and followed you. And truly I tell you, Jesus said, there is not one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for my sake and for the sake of the gospel who will not receive a hundred times more. Now at this time, houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and fields with persecutions and eternal life in the age to come. And closing here, but many who are first will be last and the last will be first. If you would, take your seats and just look over to the person to your left, your right, behind you, or in front of you, and just say the treasure principle. We do it a little bit louder. Y'all did real good the first time. Let's do it a little bit louder. Say the treasure principle. Side note, is it a little warm in here? A little warm? Everybody point to that guy right over there. All right, that is the NCOIC. We want to ask them if we get it turned down a little bit next week. Right? Just mess with them, man. We go way back. We go way back. All right, it's good to see you, Sergeant. All right, um, so, let me pull my pad right, there we go. All right, so the treasure principle. So, uh, I got a little irritated this week with you, right? So I'm going in, I'm trying to edit some stuff and help with it, that's why I turned off the social media over to Netflix, but it was like every single app that I downloaded, every single one of them wanted a subscription. Can't edit nothing, you can't do nothing, they want to give you that free trial, and then y'all know what happens with the free trial, right? You forget about it, and the next thing you know, $34.99, they hit your dog on iTunes account. And 
And so I'm one of them people that they get me every time. But all of them, all of these apps, the casinos, Netflix, Xfinity, DirecTV, almost every app on our phone, every single one of them has one thing in common. And you know what that is? Every single one of them, they want our money. They want our money. And they want everything that we have. They want our money. And in order to get our money, they want us to become a member, a follower, a subscriber, whether it's Patreon, subscribe to my YouTube. All of that is designed because what they really want to do is get our money. So if you become a member, members get access to certain rewards and benefits, but they don't share in the profit of the company. So when Apple makes money or the apps that you use, when YouTube makes money and those people, they make money, but we don't share in none of the profit. They're profiting off of us because we become members or followers of whatever it is that they have to what that they have. Only people who are not members but investors are people who get profit from the companies that we use. And so in order to become an investor, you've got to invest or purchase stock or some shares or something like that. And so the great thing about being an investor is that when they make money, guess what? We make money too. But if they lose money, then we lose money as well. So the world wants to have you unplugged because they, they want you so that they can have your treasure. It's not really you that they want, it's what you can offer them. And God wants your treasure so that he can have your heart. God is not after our money, it's us that he wants. It's our souls, it's our relationship with him. He's not after what we can give to him because realistically, God has everything. And so it's not our money that he wants, it's us. And so God knows that, that above all, what we, he wants to know that above everything else, the thing that we truly treasure, the thing that we truly value more than all of our, our material possessions is his presence. He wants to know how much do you value me, and many of us, we can look and see what we value. All we got to do is look at our bank accounts. How much do we spend money on, on food, on clothes, on other people, but how much money are we investing in something that will to be temporary versus how much are we investing in something that will be eternal? And so the Bible says in Matthew 6, 19 and 21, says, don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasure in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves can't break in and steal. Watch this, what he says. He says, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Want to know where our heart is? I know I'm going to walk a little heavy today. But where your heart is, see where we spend our money. See where we spend our time. Because the Bible says if we want to know what a person really treasures, we really want to know what their heart is, where do they spend the thing that they treasure and value the most? And so the Bible is making a clear connection between our attitude toward money and our spiritual health. How healthy we are spiritually, one of those barometers or measurements is where we invest our treasure. Because where we invest our treasure shows where our heart is, shows where our affections are. And that's why the Bible has so much to say about money, because God understands that how we view and invest our money demonstrates who or what has our heart. So the easy question on today for all of us, this is the introspection to look internally, who really has our heart and how can we tell by how much are we investing in it? You've 
heard this scripture before. It's in 1 Timothy 6, 5 to 10. We heard, but though the love of money is the root of all evil. But watch what the entire passage says. It says, we brought nothing into this world, and we can take nothing out. If we have food and clothing, we will be content with these. But those who want to be rich fall into temptation. They fall into a trap and many foolish and harmful desires which plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And watch what he says here. Watch the connection. And by craving it, by craving money, many have wandered away from the faith. Chasing after money and missing out on God. Chasing after something that will spend and will be gone before many of us before the next pay period. But we're constantly chasing after something that no matter how much we get of it, it's temporary because we can't take it to heaven. But we will miss out on God, miss out on the kingdom, miss out on that relationship with him because we're constantly chasing after more money. And God does not need our money. He has all the wealth in the world, but true enjoyment of wealth comes not from possessing it, but investing it as God has intended in something that will last for all eternity. That was good for me, Cody, so I'm going to say it again. True wealth and enjoyment of wealth doesn't come from possessing it, but investing it. One of the things I love about many of the people here at Unplugged is they have no problem investing their time, investing their money, because you can tell when they believe in this ministry because many people here invest their time and their money in making sure that this church grows to be all that it can be. And so if we want to know where God's heart is, look at where God invested his treasure. Watch this. Romans 8 and 32 says, He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him freely give us all things? So God says, where my treasure is, is in you, Jacoby. Where my treasure is, is in you, Eric. It's in you, India. God says, my treasure is in you, so I'm going to give you the very best thing that I have, and that is my own son. I love my son, and I don't know how, you know, a lot of y'all in here I love and love real good, but I wasn't ready to sacrifice my son. But God says, I love you so much that I'll hang my son on a cross and die for your sins. That is why we have intrinsic wealth and intrinsic value, because God treasures who we are, and he proved it by investing in us the very best thing that he had. Somebody say amen. Let's just do a moment right there. If, you were, if you're grateful that God made an investment in you, would you just put your hands together and clap for me and say, God, thank you for loving me enough to me. So the investment of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection on our behalf directly expresses that we, we are God's treasure. We are, we're his heart. We're the thing that he loves the most. And in the same token, where we invest our treasure expresses to God where our heart is. For where our heart is, the Bible says, that's where we will find our treasure. So I got a couple of points, and if we get nothing out of this sermon, I need you to take away two or three things. And that's one, that we've got to surrender anything in our lives that we value more than Jesus. Who is the person that we value more than Jesus? That we talk to on the phone, that we text, that we email, that we spend all this time with, and we give Jesus just a few minutes before we go to bed. Right. Who is the person? What is the thing? The video game, the internet, the social media website, the jobs. What is it that we value so much more that we invest all of our time in that, but not in Jesus? So we've got to find that thing and surrender it over to God. And the next thing is investing. 
in building God's kingdom. Notice I didn't say building the unplugged service. We're building God's kingdom, not just one church, but we're building the global church. Somebody say amen. amen. So we're going to examine the story of the rich young ruler. I got four quick points, and then we're going to go home. All right, so number one, somebody say, get out of your own way. Get out of your own way. Say it a little bit louder. Say, get out of your own way. Watch what the good young ruler says, the rich young ruler says. It says, he says, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Watch this. He's only concerned about what he can do. And sometimes I would say to you, saints of God, that it's not the devil or even in our own enemies. It's us. Sometimes we're in our own way. Sometimes we got to stop blaming the devil for everything. The devil didn't tell you to go chase that money. He didn't tell you to go get that second job. He didn't tell you to do all of this stuff so that we can get rich down here on earth. Sometimes it's our own game that we're looking at. We've got to get out of our own way. The rich young ruler thought that he could gain eternal life by holding on to his treasure without any sacrifice involved. He felt like he could have his cake and eat it too. That he could enjoy the treasures of this world and gain all of this money and not have to give up none of that and still be able to follow Jesus. And the truth of the matter is, I know it may not be popular, but it's all right. A relationship with Jesus is going to cost you something. How many of us can say that we've lost, there are some friends, there are some relationships, some people we can't hang out with, some things that we cannot do, some things that we had to let go of. This, this relationship with Jesus Christ is going to cost us something. And for many of us, it may cost us everything. But so what happens is, is many of us are so focused on what we lose that we never miss, we miss out on everything that we have to gain. So I'm going to ask you a question on the day as we pause right here. What has your relationship with God cost you? What has your relationship with God, what has it cost us? Because the rich young ruler's problem was that he was so blinded by what he stood to lose that he missed everything that he had to gain because he couldn't Ryan get out of his own way. Watch this. He saw the goodness of, he saw his own goodness, but he missed the goodness of God. The way to eternal life stood right in front of him, sorry, Lee, and he missed it because he couldn't get out of his own way. That's why God asked him, that's why Jesus asked him, why do you call me good? He says, is it what you want from me that's good, or can you see the good in me? And so because he was so concerned about himself, he missed the goodness of God that was right in front of him because he was worried about the goodness that he could get. And so he misses the goodness of God that's right in front of him. Eternal life will never be based, saints of God, on our goodness, but upon God's goodness. And we, we, we gain eternal life by his finished work on the cross, not by the work that we do down here. It doesn't matter how many times we come to church, how much we give in the offering, how much of volunteering we do. It doesn't matter how good of a person you are. There's nothing that we can do to gain eternal life. It's nothing that we can do to work on it, to work harder at it. The harder we work, we'll see that we'll miss out on it just like he did. It's not our work that gives us eternal life. It's the work that Jesus Christ has done. Somebody clap your hands and say amen. This is about the good news or the gospel of Jesus Christ, not the gospel of Kevin, not the gospel of me. And the gospel we talked about, this is why I want more of us to come out on Tuesday night. The gospel is not about improving us. It's about removing us. 
I'm going to say that again. I want you to catch this. The gospel is not about improving us. It's not about making you a better person. It's not about making you a stronger person, more resilient. The gospel of Jesus Christ is about us dying to who we are that we might live again. It's about us being born again. That's what baptism is all about. Baptism is not about us being improved upon. It's about us going down into the water and dying to who we used to be and rising to be all that Jesus Christ has for us. So if we try to improve on who we are without Jesus like he did, we'll miss the boat because we can't get out of our own way. God is not the missing puzzle piece or the missing ingredient in our life. He is our life. He is my everything. He is my all in all. I can't breathe without him. I can't wake up without him. And all of us, all of us, have to get to that point of desperation where we realize we can't do anything without him. Is that anybody's testimony today? That you realize that I'm nothing without King Jesus. And so calling to the crowd, the Bible says that he said to him, if anyone wants to follow after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Watch this. The Bible says that we have the first step of being a disciple is denying ourselves. But what we want to do sometimes, we, including myself, is affirming ourselves. Rondell, sometimes it's not about us doing all of these things. It's about we want to be affirmed. We want to be validated. God made me this way. This is just who I am. This is how God created me. And instead of denying who we are, we want to be validated and affirmed in who we are and just say, God, improve upon who I already am. But God says the first step to being a disciple is denying who we are that we might become who he has called us to be. Watch this. You've heard this scripture before. The Bible says, if any man be in Christ, or whoever is a believer in Christ is a what? A new creation. Come on, let's say it again. Whoever is a believer in Christ is a new, new creation. creation. The old way of living has disappeared, and a new way of living has come into existence. And who did all of this? God did all of it. God does the change in us. We're not responsible for the change. God is. And so our thoughts, our behaviors, our identity, our lifestyle, our attitudes, our mindset, everything that made us who we are before Christ, all of that, the Bible says, has got to pass away so that we can be a new creation. Somebody say amen. amen. So the point number one, we've got to get out of our own way. Number two, point number two, watch this, watch your blind spots. Celeste, I love this one right here. Because the Bible says, looking at him, Jesus loved him and said to him, you lack one thing. Real love, finally, is rarely found in applause. Cheerleaders are there for entertainment value only, but they're not invested in whether we win or whether we lose. Sometimes my wife gets on my nerves, Chaplain Smith, because she is the one that will tell me when my stuff stinks. She is the one that will tell me when I think I did get it good and I'm going to preach my best sermon, she'll say, baby, you could have slowed down a little bit more. She said, baby, let them chew on it a little bit more. She's not there to be my cheerleader. She's there to make sure that I don't miss my blind spots. So who are the people, Unplugged, that are invested in making sure that you win? Who are the people in your life, Derek, that are not there to just cheerlead you on and tell you all the good, wonderful things about yourself, but they'll tell you, hey, bro, you was wrong for that. Hey, man, you got to get out of that relationship. You're looking a little bit too hard at that. Who are the people that love us enough to tell us the truth and help 
blind spots. Coaches, mentors, pastors, chaplains, real leaders are always focused on how we can get better. Anybody ever played a sport and you feel like you done beat the team and blew them out by 20 points and the coach still sitting on the bench mad? Because he's not concerned about cheerleading you on. He understands that there's another game tomorrow. And if you play defense like you played against this team, you may miss out and get blown out in the next game. So the coach is not there. The chaplain is not there to just tell you all the good things about you. It's about to tell you, hey, if you continue on in that relationship, you're going to mess up your life. You're going to get pregnant out of wedlock and change the course of where your life is going. You're going to keep doing those drugs. You're going to keep harming yourself. And you may miss out on everything that God has for you. Who are the people in your life that see your blind spots? Who are the people that are looking for the flaws in your character, the lack of integrity in who you are? I love Chaplain Smith, Arnley, because we had a really, really good service a couple of weeks ago. And he got on the phone and said, Chaplain, man, y'all are doing a wonderful thing here at Unplugged. But there's one thing that happened in the service that I need y'all to tighten up a little bit. It's not about seeing, but it's seen by the chief of chaplain's office. He's concerned with the success of the ministry. So he's not there to just cheer us on. He's there to look for the blind spots in the Unplugged service. Those are the people that we value. The ones that can be honest and candid and vulnerable. And watch this. This is how you know those people are worth keeping around, Akira. They will risk their relationship with you to make sure your relationship with Jesus stays intact. Yeah. I'll say that again. I'll risk my You might not like me no more, here. You might not come to another prayer breakfast. may not come to another Bible study. But if your relationship with Jesus benefits for it, I'll risk our relationship to make sure you don't risk that relationship. Those are the people that we value the most. Somebody say amen. amen. So number one, we've got to make sure that we get out of our own way. Number two, we've got to watch out for blind spots. Number three, we've got to know the value of following Jesus. He says there, he says, go and sell all that you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then he says, then come and follow me. Did you know, watch what he said. He says, go and sell all that you have, Rondell, and give it to who? Give it to the poor. There is somebody out there in the world, Jacoby, that is waiting on your yes. Because he missed out and he could not give away his possessions, the poor people that God said that he could have blessed, they missed out because of his own selfishness. Who is it out there in the world that's waiting on you to put in a background check so that their marriage can be improved? Who isn't out there in the world that's waiting on the investment of your money so we can go out and tell more people about Jesus? But because we're looking at the next Jordans that we want, the next car that we want, or the next hairstyle that we need, and we're only concerned about us, all of the poor people, all of the people that could benefit from those funds, they're missing out because they're waiting on our yes. There's somebody out there, Lakira, that's waiting on you to say yes to God. There's somebody out there that's waiting on you to just say, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. Am I walking heavy today? Is that all right? Y'all all right? Y'all ain't mad at me too bad? All right. Unplugged service family needs your yes. Everything that we're trying to do here, I know you believe in it because you're here, but it needs your yes for this service to become all that God can intend for it to be. It needs for everybody in here to say yes. Somebody say amen. amen. So watch this. The attractiveness of eternal life is not rooted in heaven. It's not rooted in the streets of gold or even in mansions. 
Jesus, he alone is our treasure, and it is eternal life with him that we should be seeking. I don't know about you, Eric, but I don't want no part of heaven that don't have Jesus in it. I don't want no part of any glory. I'll forget the angels and the wings and the streets of gold and the mansions. Wherever Jesus is, that's where I want to be. So if Jesus said, my presence is in Poland, I'm packing up my bag, and I'm getting deployed, and I'm going to go over there and be ready to fight with the Ukrainians. Wherever Jesus says, that's where my yes is, that's where my presence is, that's where I want to be. Because somebody said, I want to be in his presence. So to the rich young ruler, wanted things from Jesus, but he didn't want Jesus himself. And there are many people that we see all the time that they come to church just because it's something to do. They come to church because they love to praise and worship. They want to check the block. But I wonder how many people are here in the building that said, I came to church this Sunday because I want Jesus. I want him, not things from him. Somebody say amen. amen. So he says, come and follow me. When he says, come and follow me, McDonald, he wasn't talking about the heaven. When he says, come and follow me, he says, come and follow me to the cross. He says, there's something in us that has to die so that we can follow him. I want to say this. There is always a cross before the crown. There's always a cross before the crown. We want the crown. We want the promotion. We want the advancement. We want the elevation. We want the title, but we don't want the persecution that goes along with it. We don't want no parts of that. But God says, if you're going to follow after me, it may require you to be talked about. It may require, chapter 5, that there's some people that just don't like you. They require that there's some people that get on your nerves. But he says, you've got to follow me because there's always a cross before the crown. My last point, and we're going to get out of here, is this. And that is that the way up is down. The way up is down. He says, but many who are last or who are first will be last, and the last shall be first. The road to eternal life, saints of God, is not one of privilege, it's one of persecution. This is not to say that we should be scared and all of this bad stuff is going to happen to us, because the great thing about it is that the road to eternal life, we're not walking this road alone, but God is always walking with us. Somebody say amen to that. That it doesn't matter what I go through, I ain't got to worry, I don't have to panic, I don't have to fret, I'm walking not by myself, but this journey that I'm walking, Jesus is walking along with me. Right. And so watch what he says here. He says, if anyone wants to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life because of me and the gospel will save it. He says, for what does it benefit someone to gain the whole world? Go to the next slide, Kendall. What does it get but benefit someone to gain the whole world and yet lose his life? For what can anyone give in exchange for their life? Listen to what he says here. What would it benefit us to gain the world, to get the promotion, to get the man, to get the woman, to get the money, but miss out on heaven? What is it that we value? Now, this is, uh, this is one thing I never thought I would do, no shade, but uh, Donald Trump has a saying that I love. And he says, if I invest $100 in you, Larry, and you lose that $100, guess what? You got a problem. You're going to have to find some way to, like Rihanna say, run me my money. Somebody say amen. If you you got a problem if you if you lose that money. Now, if I invest $100,000 into you and you lose that money, we've got a problem. 
Everybody understand what I'm saying? If you lose $100, I'm good. I can deal with that. But if I invest $100,000 into you, it's no longer you that has the problem. It's we that have the problem. And so God's investment in us was his very own son. His investment in us was the best thing that he had. And so it's up to him to watch this make you successful because of the amount that he has invested in you. Come on, somebody say amen. He's going to make sure that everything that you need in this life, that he provided for you because he has invested, saints of God, in your success. There's no way he can let you fail, Kiki, because he's made too big of an investment in your life. He can't let you fail, Akira, because he said, I gave her my son, and so I've got to make sure that no matter what she does, no matter where she goes, that she's successful at whatever she puts her hands to do because I made too great of an investment in her life. Come on and put your hands together. for the investment that God We are God's treasure. And so to prove his love, he gave us the most valuable thing that he has. And in response to him, what will be the thing that we give up to show him that all we want is him? Would you stand to your feet? God made a huge investment in us. And he says, at this time, when they play and say, hey, we would love to take up an offering, where does your heart go? Does it think about how much money you're about to lose, or do you think about the investment that you're making in the kingdom of God? When we put all of these, these JDLM apps and these digital push pays and all of this stuff, it's not because we want your money. It's because we want to see where your heart is. We don't, God wants to see where is your treasure. So on today, we're asking you, what is it that we truly treasure? And maybe God has spoke to your heart this morning, and you know what it is that stands in the way of you just seeing Jesus and just wanting him. What is it that needs to be sacrificed in my life? What is it that needs to be done away with spending less time doing this, spending less money on this? So that the kingdom of God can be of a benefit and not just Kevin. Who is it that stands in the way of our progress? Is it drinking? Is it smoking? Is it video games? Is it, is it work? Is it church? Because sometimes we can be so busy in here spending time doing things for God, but not spending time with God himself. Who is it that's standing in the way of our relationship? Can we get out of our own way? Can we get out of our own way? And when we come to church, not saying, God, I'm coming to church because I want your blessings. Not coming to church because I want your favor. Not coming to church because I want great success. But I'm coming to church, God, because I want you. I'll miss out on the promotion if I still have you. I'll miss out on the money if I can just have you. I'll miss out on the woman, on the relationship, if I can just have you. Because you Father in heaven, Lord God, we thank you for the word of God on today. That may have been tough, may have cut us a little bit, but sometimes it's what we need to hear. And you love us enough, God, that today you didn't come to cheerlead us. You didn't come to tell us all the things and all the blessings that you could give to us. Like the rich young ruler, you looked down upon us and loved us, and you see the one thing that we lack. You see the one thing that we lack, the time that we're putting elsewhere where we can be at Bible study, the time that we're putting elsewhere where we can be spending time reading our Bibles or praying and spending time with you. You see.
see our blind spots. And today, God, you came for our blind spots. You came for the thing that stands in the way of the relationship that you want to have for us. And so, God, today we identify it. We know what that one thing is. We know and you know. And so, God, today we deny ourselves. We put it aside and say, God, you can have it. I don't want it anymore. We say, God, you take this thing away. Take the desire away from me until I want you more than I want that. Take it away from me until the desire, until the taste of it is no longer there. Until the taste of curse, the taste of drugs, to do drugs, the taste to go out, the taste to go to the club, the taste to be with this man or be with this woman, to be in this relationship. Take the taste of it away until all we want, Jesus, is you. Show us that you are the most valuable thing, the one thing that we cannot afford to lose. And not that we're focusing on the things that we lose, but on everything that we have. Father, we love you. And I pray that as you have identified this thing in each and every one of us, myself, chief and foremost, that we will make the commitment to not trying to do this in our own effort. But we're allowing you to complete us. We're allowing you to take this thing out of our lives so that our relationship with you can grow and can prosper. In Jesus' precious name, amen. If you're here on today, if you would just bow your head and you don't want to embarrass anybody, you don't want to put anybody in the spot. You're here today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus. You're here today and eternal life is waiting for you. You're here today and you say, I don't have a relationship with Jesus, but I want to be in relationship with him. I want him to be Lord and Savior of my life. If that's you, would you just slip your hands in the air? We'll identify you, we'll talk with you, we'll walk with you, we'll disciple you. If that's you, you want a relationship with him, lift your hands in the air. Maybe you're here today and you say, I have a relationship with Jesus, but I see my blind spot. I say, I have a relationship with Jesus, but I can see some areas in my life that I need to tighten up my shop with just a little bit more. If that's you on today and you want prayer, we're not going to call you up to the front, but if that's you and you just want us to pray for you, lift your hands not to me, but lift them and surrender to Jesus and say, Jesus, I thank you for the word today. Thank you for seeing my blind spots. Thank you for seeing the thing that needs to be removed so my relationship with you can improve. I see you. I see you. And I know there's more, but God knows our heart. So, Father, today we pray for everybody that is the sound of our voice. That each and every one of us has responded to your word, not just here out of emotion, but that we will identify that thing and that we will let allow you to come in and remove it. That you would remove and, and, and the blind spots in our life, God, so that all we value, the thing that we value the most is our relationship with you. Thank you, God, and we pray for the people that are here on today, that each and every one of us would continue to grow in our relationship with you, that every day we're working just a little bit more, we're reading and praying just a little bit more, that we make a greater commitment to spending time with you. And for this, God, we give your name all the glory, the honor, and the praise that belongs to you. In Jesus' name, somebody say amen. 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 In this moment right here, we're going to close out with this. Would you take out your cell phones or however it is that you desire to give and let's worship God in our giving. Today, what will you offer to God that will be acceptable? What will you offer to him that will allow ministry to be done for somebody else? 
Don't see it as money. See it as a seed that is invested in the ground. If you need to get hold of the QR code, Kindle, if you can find it on the screen, we got our little popple devices. If you need to connect with it to digitally give, just put your hands in the air. One of our volunteers will run to you to make sure that you have it. And then we have one person in the back to let's. Amen. The very best offering that you have to give, would you give it today? The very best offering, the Bible says God loves a cheerful giver, that whatever a man purpose in his heart, so let him give. It's not about the money. It's about our treasure. It's about what we value. And I promise you, as senior pastor of this church, that every dollar will go to soldier ministry, that every dollar will go to building the kingdom of God, that every dollar will go to advancing the kingdom of God and make doing good ministry for the soldiers and families of this community and ourselves as well. If you need that QR code to give, please let someone know and we'll hook you up. Hallelujah. If you want to give uh, by cash or check or anything like that, our wonderful, awesome, high-speed religious affairs specialist is in the back, and on the way out, she will receive your offering as well. Somebody say amen. Amen. Also, we don't want you to forget, they really want us to push that there is a new JBLM app, our Chapels app. And then we talked about that last week. If you want to download that, that will help us to stay, uh, you to stay in contact with everything that is going on, not just in our chapel, but around all of the other chapels on the installation. Somebody say amen. 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 Chapel Stephanie, would you mind giving them some word of prayer and just closing us out on today? Amen. Would you receive it with the clapping of your hands and amen? Come on, put your hands together. Wasn't that a powerful word today? Amen. Hey, that's a word to live by right there. Amen. I trust that you'll go out this week and you will apply that word that you heard from Chaplain Benton during this week. It's not just for today, but you can live by it through the week. Bow your heads with me as we pray. Almighty and ever living God, what a wonderful opportunity it was today to just worship you and fellowship with one another. Lord, as we prepare to go out into our week, Lord, that word that we heard today, may we apply that word every single day. May we allow that word to just marinate in our hearts so that, God, we can please you with everything that we do. But we thank you for what you gave to us because you invested in us. Now, Lord, this week, we will give back to you. We will give you of ourselves. Yes, yes. Not just our money, not just our time, but we'll give you us. Just like you gave you. Yes, yes. Lord, be with us. Walk with us. Walk before us. Walk beside us. Walk behind us. Lord, we thank you and we praise you. And we ask all these things in Jesus' wonderful name. Let the church say amen. And amen. Go in peace and fellowship with one another on your way out the door. God bless you.